0: Hello and welcome to series two of Tea with Friends. For this series, I'm switching things up a little. I'm really interested in the different jobs that people do and I'm always full of questions and really nosy about how things work and what things they get up to. So I thought, why not do series two of the podcast on that? So this series, I will be talking to different women I know about the jobs that they do. I'm looking forward to hearing from the owner of a dance school, a rap artist, a principal clinical scientist, an influencer and fashion designer, and hopefully a lot more. I am really excited about it, and so I hope you are too. My first guest is Nicola Moss. Nicola is a hypnobirthing teacher and the founder of the company Get Birth Confident. It's always a pleasure to talk to Nicola, and I hope you enjoy. So much for coming on and being willing to speak to me. You're welcome. It's lovely to be here. So I'm going to get straight into it. Why did you decide to have hypnobirthing as your career?
1: Well, I it was based on my own experience of doing a hypnobirthing course. So I did a course when I was pregnant with my second child, and I was blown away by it. I, I had so many light bulb moments, and I just thought, wow this is amazing and i can't believe that i didn't know this stuff before and i had my birth and i had a really amazing birth experience and then i i just had this really strong feeling that i wanted people to go into their births feeling how i felt and so i not long after my birth i enrolled on a teacher training course um which i started a few months later and then a few months after that I was trained and started teaching. So it all happened quite quickly really. But yeah, I just had a real strong sense that I wanted to retrain and and do it.
0: What were the light bulb moments that you had when you did your course? So there
1: was there was a few, but things like in hypnobirthing we learn about something called the fear, tension, pain cycle. Okay. And this is the idea that we we all have these ideas about birth stored in our subconscious and they have come from things that we've seen, we've heard. So for example, birth horror stories that people have told us or, you know, TV shows, films, the negative language that we use around birth as a society and all that information just gets stored away. So even if we don't actively remember it, it's all stored in our subconscious. And so when we go into labour, we often have a tendency to start to panic and because we panic we we become tense and then because we get tense it it becomes painful and if it's painful we we get more scared and so it's a vicious circle really and the the light bulb moment i had is based on my first birth experience and looking back to what happened and thinking that definitely happened to me i obviously had no idea about any of it. I didn't have any tools up my sleeve as to how I could get out of it and I just became very out of control. I won't go into the gory details, but you know, I found it a very difficult experience and that was one of those moments when I was learning about it that I thought, if only I'd known about
0: this first time. (laughs) What were the differences between your two births then?
1: Well, my first labour was very long. Okay. Now, first, labours are more likely to be longer. It's, you know, it's well documented that second or subsequent labours can be shorter because our bodies uh, know what they're doing by that point, you know, more quickly. And they kind of default um, to the sort of next stage, as it were. But I, it, as I say, it was really long. I'm talking days and I think that was not helped by my panicking, so I think it did slow things down. As we panic when we're in labour, we release adrenaline, and that doesn't work with the main birth hormone, which is oxytocin. And okay. so if, you, if you're if you panicking, you're actually blocking oxytocin, which is needed to contract the uterus, so it can really slow things down. And I do feel like there was lots of things at play there that made it particularly long first stage of labour whereas in my second birth I knew more about this Uh, I had techniques that I had practiced and learned and you know could use um, sort of coping techniques relaxation techniques and I knew much more about how to boost and facilitate birth hormones so i was much more clued up on setting up the birth environment and in fact i actually chose to have a home birth second time round because i had a really good understanding that it was much more um aligned with the hormones of birth um whereas first time i had to leave my safe space and go out to hospital and i did feel like the the journey to hospital arriving at hospital didn't really um help me so that's not to say that you can't have a hospital birth but I made the decision to have a home birth and I did feel
0: that it definitely paid off um, because you you felt more confident after you'd learned all of these things
1: yeah I felt more confident and uh I also felt confident in the choice that I had made of where to give birth okay if you told me if you'd said first time around oh next time you're gonna have a home birth I'd thought that you were you know joking I just wouldn't have believed it because I didn't have any desire to have a home birth but
0: okay. it was only
1: when I did hypnobirthing and I learned about the hormones of birth and how it all works that I realized that home was a really good place to give birth because you're much more likely to produce oxytocin at home because that's somewhere where you feel safe yeah. unobserved comfortable it's familiar and so
0: it seemed actually like a really good choice for me second time around. So do you think that hypnobirthing sets people up for home births or does it work just as well in hospitals or
1: yeah i mean it it really actually does work for any kind of birth it it's people do associate it with home births drug-free births uh people often think it's kind of hippie and out there but actually it it really can be applied to any kind of birth um that's the beauty of it is that it works in conjunction with other things so you know if someone does want to use other forms of pain relief then this is a great thing to use before you reach for the other pain relief or at times when it wouldn't necessarily be available to you so that time when you're at home before you arrive at hospital or on the the car journey to hospital arriving at hospital these are all times when you wouldn't necessarily have other forms of pain relief anyway so it's actually really good to help before you reach for that or in conjunction with it later on.
0: Well, I think I think it's interesting what you're saying about it being like hippie and stuff like that. Because with my, with my first birth, I was induced and it was, yeah, I have a wonderful baby at the end of it, but it was not a very pleasant experience and really painful and really stressful. And I had a friend when I was pregnant with my second who said, oh, I did hypnobirthing and I really liked it. And I thought, okay, yeah, yeah tell me all about these wonderful hormones and tell me that it's not going to hurt and like, you know, all of these things. And I've been through it. I know that it's mm-hmm. it's going to. This is ridiculous. And I thought, you know what? Okay, I'll try anything coming up to the end of it. So mm-hmm. I did some with my second and obviously it was still painful, but it wasn't the same type of pain for me. Now I wasn't mm-hmm. induced the second time which Mm. I know changes things, but it was just, I felt like my body was doing what my body should be doing. Mm. And I was okay with that. I was like, okay, I know this is what's going to happen. And I had a hospital birth, but um, I didn't get there until my baby was, I was 10 centimeters dilated. (laughs) And I thought, what? Like (laughs) how have I managed to go that far Wow! without any pain relief? This is insane. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, it, it really is good to kind of have those techniques up your sleeve. And it's amazing how, how your body can kind of perform differently when you've got those things to hand, and you're not getting panicked. Um, Yeah, it's really great to hear that you had a good experience with it. But that's another thing is that sometimes people think that um, they say things like hypnobirthing didn't work for me, because it it, my birth wasn't pain-free or I did experience pain. Yeah. And actually, hypnobirthing is not about saying you are going to have a pain-free birth. I mean, some people do experience birth pain-free, but that's certainly not how I experienced it myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never felt out of control that second yeah. time. And I didn't feel that the sensations I was feeling were bigger than me or that it was something that I couldn't handle and i think that was the difference is that mm. i felt in control the whole time um and you know from speaking to clients that i've done my course um some of them for for a, a subsequent pregnancy um they've reported similar sort of things so yeah it's it's more about that it's it's a whole approach it is a whole um, antenatal course but i do think it is really effective in kind of feeling like you really are in control and you've got a whole toolkit of things there to kind of draw upon.
0: Yeah one of the questions that I got I a shout out on social media about let me know if you have any questions for my hypnobirthing teacher that's coming on <laughs> was I was induced which ended in a c-section and I felt very out of control. Would hypnobirthing have helped in this situation or is it only for straightforward births?
1: I am 100% sure hypnobirthing would have helped. Again, people think that hypnobirthing is kind of one kind of birth or that it only kind of works if you get the birth that you were looking for. But actually, hypnobirthing is really great for preparing you for changes of plan. So when we do birth planning and hypnobirthing, we're not just talking about this is my birth plan. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. And then if it deviates from that, you feel disappointed. It's more about planning for, for changes of plan because, you know, birth is unexpected, can be unexpected. Things don't always go as we plan. And so it's about knowing all your options so that if there is a change of plan, like something like an induction, which, or, you know, an unplanned cesarean, A, you've thought about it. B you know how to stay really calm in the event of a change of plan and C you've got all these these tools that you can keep using so for something like induction i would say it really is so useful i've i've had you know a number of clients that have been induced and said that it was just incredibly useful to have those tools to draw upon but also in terms of their mindset you know if they knew that they were going to be induced then they would really start getting into that frame of mind um, finding positive induction birth stories to start reading so they can really kind of you know tap into that positive mindset about the induction so yeah that's something we look at on a course not all courses but on my course is we we learn about the stage of induction Um, because often until someone's being induced they don't even really know what that means so we look at the stages and what
0: happens and then also how to have a positive induction as well and um, another question is i discovered the term hypnobirthing quite late in my pregnancy but i would have loved to have known more what would you say is the best time to do a course and get the most benefit
1: so um this is well, it's a tricky one to answer because there isn't a best time some people do get their have their 12-week scan and then they're like right I'm going to do hypnobirthing and I'm going to have all of this time to practice. Then I've also uh, heard of cases of people at like 40 weeks thinking, oh, I should have done hypnobirthing and just doing like a, a crash course at the end and then still having an amazing experience you know, using the hypnobirthing tools. Um, I'd say the majority of my clients probably do a course when they're kind of 28 weeks onwards, so 28 to 34 weeks. But I've had people earlier and later than that as well. There's no right time. Some people like more time to practice. Some people like the information to be fresher. So it's just kind of personal preference.
0: So we got another question from someone who said that their partner wasn't very supportive about hypnobirthing. They were quite. Into it, they wanted to do it, but their partner said, Oh, you know, no, I don't think it will work. I think it's going to be a waste of time. Would you have any advice for them? Well, I guess it depends if they've already enrolled on the course. If they're enrolled on a course, could a mother do it by herself?
1: Well, they could, but I really would recommend a birth partner being involved in the hypnobirthing course. The birth partner plays a huge role in labour and if you've got a birth partner that isn't prepared that isn't really engaged hasn't really engaged in the process and hasn't really learned those tools with you they're not really going to know what it is you're doing and actually they're probably not going to be an asset in the birth room because how are they going to help you they don't know how they can help you so what could
0: she what could she say to her partner do you think that might convince him To go to a hypnobirthing class with her. Because it does seem like they like you're saying, they need to be on the same page and he's really not at the moment.
1: Yeah. Well, um, a lot of hypnobirthing teachers run free taster sessions or introduction to hypnobirthing sessions. So they are often really good opportunities for for any for the birther, but also for a birth partner to kind of get a bit more of an understanding of why it's so important. So I would say, you know, get helping them to get informed about why it's helpful is going to be good. But ultimately, if they're still not willing to be engaged in it, then it sounds harsh, but I would seriously consider whether they're the right person to be your birth partner because this is really important. This is a moment that you're potentially going to remember for the rest of your life. your, your labour and your birth. Um, If they can't see why that's really important to you, then are they going to be the person that's going to best support you in labour? So that, you know, it does sound harsh, but I really would consider whether that even if they are your life partner, they might not be the best birth partner.
0: Yeah, but it's it's quite it's a, a hard question, you know, to put forward. And then I guess the answer is quite hard as well, but. You answered it, so thank you, and thank you for your candour with it. I saw a post on your social media, actually, I think it was today, that talked about the fact that people are quick to speak about birth and talk about birth stories, but not to talk about postpartum stories. And I just wondered, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think a birth story makes a better story. So Okay, so you know i was talking at, at at the beginning about uh we all have this this negative information about birth in our head about how it's going to be really terrifying and painful um and that's because people like a birth horror story like it's kind of you know you know when you've, <laughs> Dramatic. Got, you've got yeah you've got everyone's attention and they're all kind of hanging on your every word and and then this happened and so i think it just makes a better story um then i cried and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it it just obviously birth for most people is private but for some reason the story some people keep their birth stories private but a lot of people are quite keen to tell their birth story whereas I think postpartum yeah I just think it people feel I think people feel like it's really private and because it they haven't heard much about it they're not sure what you know whether what they're going through is normal and so i think people just
0: tend to keep it under wraps more well i wondered whether it was because say i mean you don't always have to complain about it but if you do complain about it oh you know this happens and and i felt like this people are less i, I birth is obviously painful isn't it but after birth you have a baby that you should be happy and you know overjoyed to have and you're lucky to have and it's maybe i didn't know whether maybe people feel like i shouldn't complain or i shouldn't talk about these things because i should be in this wonderful joyous bubble which i think you can be but being confident about the fact that there are other things going on yeah, is important definitely. as well
1: But do you know what? I also think that when you have a baby, people, uh, they come over and they're like, oh, you know, I want to hold the baby, I want to hold the baby. And you just get forgotten about. Like, no one really cares. I mean, it sounds awful, but no one cares. And you could have had a difficult birth experience. You might be having quite a difficult postpartum recovery. You might be struggling um, in your emotions or whatever it is. But people generally speaking come over to hold the baby and so people don't feel that they can to speak out about it because they probably have this feeling that actually no one cares they just all they want to do is hold the baby so i think our culture around how we support new mothers uh needs to change really I, I genuinely feel that um people should be coming to hold the mother not hold the baby but yeah That's not happening in a lot of cases.
0: That's that's very poignant, actually, because one of my friends has just had a baby and um, she's I I left it. I'm very excited about going. But I thought when she's ready, she'll tell me to come over. But obviously, the first thing that I was going to do is be like, can I hold the baby? I might temper that a bit (laughs) and uh, make sure that I pay her more attention to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you say,
1: you've you've been through the birth whether even if it was a quotes easy birth it's yeah. still quite a bit it's still a big thing to go through you've got all the hormones you are caring for a new person who you don't know you've just met and suddenly they are relying on you for everything you're sleep deprived and throwing that some visitors and it's a lot to deal with isn't it and all mm-hmm. you know everything that postpartum entails so yeah i think that there needs to be a lot more Support for new parents and new mothers, especially. But yeah, that's something that I have become more aware of since doing what I do and hearing people's experiences of postpartum. Is actually that's where we should be putting the emphasis on how we can help the new parents adjust and what we can do for them rather than holding the baby and what we can bring. People think of gifts, so people buy clothes. Um, which you know, don't get me wrong, I loved the clothes that people bought for my children. However,
0: actually She's just saying that everyone because <laughs> I sent her children clothes.
1: Well, I'll send you all quick. But I mean they're lovely. But, yes, she did, I love uh, them. You know, if someone's local, obviously we are not local to each other but if you're local a hot meal is going to be a lot more useful yeah. so or you know helping out with some housework or something like that um i always say to people you know tell people what you want um things like that or some vouchers for a postnatal doula who can come and do that if someone doesn't want to do it themselves um that can be just what someone needs rather than stuff
0: what's a postnatal doula well a
1: so A doula, a birth doula, is someone that helps with the birth. Uh, Some people are birth and postnatal doulas, so they help with the birth and after birth, and some people are just postnatal doulas. And so they're someone... They can do whatever you want them to do, really, but they can come in and they could bring you a nice hot meal. They could do some housework for you, some shopping. They... You might want them to look after the baby so you could go and have a shower yourself or so that you could get some sleep. So they can basically do whatever you want them to do. Most of them charge on an hourly basis. And it's essentially, you know, a lot of us don't necessarily live close to our families now, but it's essentially paying someone who you build a bit, you know, a relationship with and that you trust to do the things that you would love, you know, probably a family member to be helping with.
0: That sounds amazing. I
1: didn't know about that. Well, there you go. Yeah, I definitely wish I'd uh,
0: invested. <laughs> so postnatal doula vouchers, I'll keep them on the list. But what are some of the things you think we should be talking about to do with postpartum? I know in your post, I know mm. you listed a few things.
1: Yeah, well, I think if if you are pregnant, I think it's really good to do a bit of research on what to expect of the postpartum period because it's amazing when I mention some of the things that you might experience to some of my clients, they say, oh, I, I didn't know that. And I think, well, if they hadn't done the course, they might not have known that. So I think it is definitely worth getting informed about that. But one of the things that is often kind of brushed under the carpet is postnatal depression and you know some people feel ashamed of feelings that they have um you know and back to that thing of like oh I should be grateful well you can you can still love your child you can still be grateful for your child but you could still be having you know really low feelings or anxiety and actually you know they they can be you could be experiencing both at the same time and I think people feel reluctant to to tell people or to talk up about it so um Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're experiencing that, then definitely obviously go to your GP. But, you know, it definitely is
0: nothing to be ashamed of. Um, And in fact, it's very common. I think people don't realise when they're going through it, maybe for the first time as well, that it is really common. Mm. And that it can vary in just small amounts to obviously really significant amounts. But it's it's still worth getting help for and...
1: Yeah, definitely. And and not kind of suffering in silence. It's so much better to get the help and also to talk to other people because often when you're a, a new mum and you meet other new mums, uh, once you get talking, you realise that you're often going through really similar things and there's so much strength in community and through you know going through those kind of experiences together that I really do recommend that you... You know, it can be really daunting um, and people often feel that they, you know, it's hard kind of putting yourself out there. But actually meeting other new mums um, can be a lifesaver. You know, people find um, other people to kind of go through those early days with who are going through it with you. And if you've got someone on the end of a, a WhatsApp group or something that you can just say, you know my baby's not sleeping and I'm knackered and someone
0: else just say oh me too it makes a world of difference yeah is that something that you have in your courses as well do you build a community yeah yeah I do
1: so if people if people do a group course then they get added to a whatsapp group so that they're on that group then for the duration of the course and then after the course once they've all had their babies I leave and then they can just carry on Um, So. Um, that happens and we also have a private Facebook community as well so that's for anyone from any course so even people that have done private courses are in the Facebook group and that's um, ongoing kind of
0: community for
1: anyone that's ever done a course with me which is really nice to kind of see people
0: from different courses talking to each other. What's your favourite thing about your job?
1: It's hard because I I mean, it sounds really sad, but I just I do love everything because I'm everything I do. I'm like, oh, I love this part of my job. I love this part of my job. <laughs> um, I guess I mean I do. I love working with people and seeing them have those light bulb moments. You know, similar to what I had. I I really enjoy it when you see it all kind of click together and they say, ah, you know, this makes perfect sense. Or um, I mean, I also really love seeing their confidence blossom over the course so most of my courses that I teach are over four weeks which is quite nice for it to be spread out like that because it allows between the sessions it allows the information to sink in and it gives them time to kind of practice what we've we've been um, learning as well so it it's quite nice to see them come back each week with you know a bit more confidence and oh, you know they're always sort of you know excited about what they've been up to and looking forward to telling me what they've been up to at home and then over the course you kind of really see the progress that they make. How would you describe your teaching style? Is there a way you would describe it? This is a hard one. <laughs> um, from the feedback I get, people say that it's quite informal um, and down to earth. Um, I don't. There's no death by PowerPoint in my teaching. So I try to make it more of a discussion uh, rather than just... And on the next slide is... So yeah, I try and get a bit of a discussion.
0: I also try and make it fun. Are they? Do you teach online and in person or is it just in person? Well, I
1: was doing both up until... Well, actually, I've just... Currently teaching my last face-to-face course this month for a while i'm going to be taking a break and just continuing with online for a while so yes from march it'll all be online
0: do you feel like there's been a shift towards people enjoying doing things more online yes i mean there's there's always going to be people that
1: they're just like oh i just really don't like zoom and um and want to do face-to-face, but it's definitely more normal now for people to do online. And I think, you know, they're seeing the benefit in terms of, you know, if we do an evening course, my sessions are two and a half hours. Yeah, start don't want to start it too early because people need to get back from work and stuff. So I'll start yeah. at seven. Then they're just at home in their pyjamas. You know, they're not having to go out <laughs> late at night. Yeah. You know, they're, when you're pregnant, you're knackered, aren't you? So yeah. actually some of them are really loving just being able to turn up. Sometimes they're eating their dinner, um, and it's just quite a nice kind of informal atmosphere, and it's a good way to learn. And then w- when we finished they haven't got to drive home. They're just like, you know, I'll just chill for a bit and go to bed or whatever. So, yeah, I'd say definitely there's more of a move towards that. Um, but yeah, you'll always get those people that that like to do it face to face, which is obviously understandable as well. So where are you based? I am based on the south coast between Chichester and Portsmouth my my online courses so my group courses i get i do get a lot of local people as well but i also get people all across the country okay i was going to ask yeah yeah so yeah i get people all across the country and then for private courses i also get people across the country but i can offer private courses in person
0: as well if people want that so so what sort of lessons do you offer then you have group ones and private ones and yeah so I have the full
1: group course that's the four week course it's 10 hours split over four weeks then have a full private course which is essentially the same course but it's private so it's just you and your birth partner and obviously we can tailor it more and chat specifically about your circumstances rather than more generally and then I do offer refresher and essentials courses which are private courses so they're three hours and so the essential course is really good if you're late on in your pregnancy so if you're sort of after 36 37 weeks and you're thinking oh you know i think i've run out of time then this is a three hour course to kind of pack in as much information as you can and the refresher course is similar but that's people that have done hypnobirthing before so if they've done a course before for a previous birth and then they just want a refresher on the kind of essential information um then that is
0: something that they can do so if people are interested in your courses how would they get in touch with you what do they do If they want to find
1: out more information about the courses, then they can head to my website, which is getbirthconfident.com. I'm also on Instagram at getbirthconfident. And they can either DM me through Instagram or my email address is on my website as well if they wanted to get in touch with any questions. We can always set up a call as well. So if they wanted to kind of
0: dig a bit deeper in how I could help them, then I'm more than happy to have a call and go through it all. Perfect. So I will put all that information in the episode description. So if people missed it just then, you can still get it there. And thank you so much for coming to talk to me. I've really enjoyed our chat. You're welcome. It's been lovely. Thank you for
1: letting me bang on about hypnobirthing because I could basically talk about it all day. (laughs) That's
0: brilliant. You can see your passion coming through. So it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. so much to nicola again for coming on to chat with me i loved it it's always good when you have a conversation that leads to new discoveries and if you enjoyed listening and want to get in touch with nicola with any inquiries like i said i will put her contact details in the episode description in the next few weeks i will be interviewing quite a few people so i can get them while i can pin them down Um, and i will be putting up opportunities to ask them questions on my social media pages on facebook and instagram which is at T, just the letter T, with friends podcast. So please follow and like and ask any questions you'd like to, and I will try and get them in. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate and subscribe. Thank you. And thank you all again so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me that so many of you do and you that you send in such nice comments. You are officially the best. So... Until next time, my friends, I wish you joy.